At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Brett Approved, and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing, and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind today? Hello, Jillian. What's on my mind today? Let's talk about the difference between lifestyle and scalable companies and which our listeners might want to build. I know you have some thoughts on that, but first, I know you also want to remind listeners about the One Seat Challenge. Indeed, I do. The One Seat Challenge, it's a solution for that commonly phrased pipeline problem in uh, improving diversity in the business world. So if you're a speaker at an event inside your company or any event outside it anywhere in the world, we're asking you to do this. Ask that one seat be set aside and filled with someone who would ordinarily not have access to this event. It can be a student from a disadvantaged area, an employee who would ordinarily not be invited to the event. Give someone from a diverse background, race, creed, color, economic background, education, perhaps even position in the company, the ability to interact with and learn from this event. The One Seat Challenge, take it today and fill that pipeline problem with some solutions. And when you do, please go to facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast and let us know. Now, let's get back to our topic today. We have talked about this before. Today, let's address the delusion of chasing only scalable ideas. And 
defining unicorns as your only measure of success. Jillian, do founders really start out saying, I'm going to build a company that will scale up to a billion dollar valuation? Wait, wait. Even as I say it, I can hear them now. <laughs> they do indeed. They do. They do indeed. The stars in their eyes. <laughs> That's right. Every time, you know, well, not every time, but almost every time I hear a pitch, if you will, or an idea come across the table, people are quite sure that it is a billion dollar idea. No kidding. So let's acknowledge right now that uh, unicorns are rare. The prospect, though the prospect of starting one can be highly tempting. And I bet you also want to take this message to funders as well as founders, don't you, Jillian? Yes, that's absolutely true. And you and I have been at this for some time now. For five years and change, or just about five years, I think, on the button, you and I have had Outlines Venture Group. Um, first of all, it is a lifestyle company, so that's an interesting piece. We should get into that with our listeners in a moment. But um, for about that long, we've been saying that uh, we would not form a fund and we would not necessarily, you know, take the lead there, that there were plenty of funds to join and, uh, you know, plenty of other places to go. We were just going to help funders uh, learn how to do it. And after a very long time of talking about the different ways to fund companies to get our money in and out faster as investors, uh, to get companies funded and founded more quickly, and moving on to fill a void in the economies of cities, which we will also get to in this conversation, it's time that we do so. So it's we're not announcing it right here. Uh, you know, you and I have announced it. Uh, you know, a few weeks back, almost a couple of months already. So it's on its way. We're talking to funders and founders about ways to fund and found lifestyle companies. So maybe we should start with some definitions. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. But before that, can we just put the unicorns to rest for a moment? You know, in 2015, um, CB Insights, a research firm which tracks performance and exits of startups, and one that we get a lot of our good information from, found that your startup has about a 1.28% chance of becoming a unicorn. That was based on tracking thousands of startups from 2008 to 2014. And then in 2017, uh, CB reported that the unicorn births in 2016 were down, a crashing 68%. Only 25 among 3,260 tech exits and 98 IPOs. So that's pretty slim stuff. So let's yeah, turn this. Um, it's actually, look, and if you and I had a 1.8% chance of becoming even a millionaire, let alone a billionaire, uh, by purchasing a lottery ticket, we'd probably be out there considering it. Right? Very little down and what the heck, you got not Pre much to lose, right? Pre the truth of this is that these numbers don't really tell the whole story. This 1.8% is of the companies that have seen a successful exit. This is not all the companies that were launched. These are only the ones that have been through hell and back and are now exiting then you only have that 1.28% chance of becoming a unicorn. In truth, we are not just you know, less than 1%, we are less than one hundredth of 1% of everybody who has an idea, starts a company, and hopes to become a unicorn. 
So let's turn this around and ask what about the rest of the new businesses formed at the time that made successful exits, okay? <laughs> what, did, did they create jobs that added value? Uh, did they create uh, better ways to live and work? Um, did they create wealth for their shareholders? Of course they did. So I have to ask, why are founders and investors alike busying themselves chasing the unicorn's tail? Well, why indeed? So let's get some definitions clear. Um, a unicorn is a startup that achieves a billion dollar value at or shortly after its uh, exit, if you will. So it could go to IPO. In other words, anybody can buy its stock. It can remain a private company and still be valued at $1 billion should it exchange stock. All right. It does not mean that the single stock price is you know, wonderful and moving in the right directions and so on. It just means it's a billion dollar valuation. Um, everybody else is not. So by their very definition, unicorns are, you know, moonshots. Um, so the question is, does, do the other companies make money? And the answer is sometimes. And the, um, the reason that venture capitalists in particular are looking only for the moonshot is that venture capital is designed and does very well at funding the software that powers the next big thing. It's what they do. It's what they were kind of chartered to do, and it's what they do. That does not comprise the entire scope of early-stage corporate investment or private equity investment, and yet that's all we seem to be talking about. So what I'm asking people to think about is this thing, this idea that we're still asking 1997 questions in 2017, a generation later, and it's inappropriate. The... Um, the large group of companies that will be formed will not attain this unicorn status if a portfolio of companies is invested in by a venture capital fund, uh, say, usually the number is 20 and one becomes a, uh, a unicorn. That is not the truth. We know it's 1.28% of those that exit. So now we're going to say it's more like 100 or 101 such companies will be put into a portfolio. Let's just, you know, make it uh, hypothetical. And one of them is going to become a unicorn. And the other 99 are largely discarded. Um, they are like stepchildren without sufficient support, if you will. And it does not mean that they do not return the appropriate amount of capital uh, to help that fund along but only the unicorn or damn close to it is going to make the difference because the other companies nominally become useless. It's a different way of looking at things. And the average investor who has to have only a million dollars of, uh, you know, expendable capital, anything beyond your, your residence, in other words, um, really uh, should be able to look at this in better ways, getting our money in and out more quickly than the average exit for a unicorn type company or an IPO. And by the way, those are 11 to 17 years for average exits and we need to look at things like three to fives which everybody talks about but does not see so that's what we're working on and in a few moments we should dig into that Anne. well we have to go for a break now um, for our sponsors and i'm hoping when we come back that we can address our definition of a lifestyle company let's do that all right uh this is uh ceo coach with ann kennedy and jillian music and we will be right back more on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. 
Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about whether you should start a lifestyle company or a scalable company or shoot the moon for that billion-dollar elusive unicorn. So before the break, we did a pretty good job of uh, looking at uh, the unicorn companies and the possibility of being one sort of from every possible angle what about lifestyle companies how do you how do we define that jillian so a lifestyle company is one which is founded um without the expectation of selling it the founder would like to begin a company and to run it they don't want to sell if you take venture capital money or even angel money you are agreeing to sell in the expected three to five, and usually it takes 11 to 16 these days. So that's the deal, right? (laughs) That's the contract. You agree to sell or go public. In other words, you produce a liquidity event for your investor. What we're saying, Anne, is uh, there are better ways to create liquidity for investors and still leave the founders in control of their, if you will, lifestyle companies. Lifestyle companies, by the way, can be extremely valuable, very profitable to their founders and to their investors, as well as good to their employees and consumers. So um, one shouldn't necessarily make the decision based on money. One should make the decision based on Uh, whether you want to build a company from the beginning to the end with the end in sight, selling or going public, and then moving on to your next venture. Um, If that's not what you want to do, if you want to stay put and run a company, lifestyle is the term. And it's kind of odd because, you know, it, it somehow sounds like it's small potatoes, but some of them are not. 
Well, it's it's. I read somewhere on whatis.com that often lifestyle businesses serve as an alternative retirement. And I got to tell you, uh, that raised my hackles, even though surely I represent that remark at my age. I just want to challenge the concept that a lifestyle business is only for us geezers with one foot out the door. <laughs> that is true. Um, lifestyle, maybe we need a better name for things that are non-scalable corporations. And again, uh, even if they remain private and so on, and one can scale quite a bit uh, before you decide, okay, we've reached our apex here. Uh, the big deal, though, is you're not exiting. You will not sell and you won't go public. Knowing those two things, the question is, how does an investor get their money in and out in an intelligible way and in a reasonably short period of time? Because time is a risk factor in itself. So we want to make sure that investors are made whole and uh, make a profit and keep moving. Well, that's a very good point, especially about the founders, because in general, um, the it's the founders' uh, personal involvement involvement that makes the business tick and without them there really is no business so i can see why investors really aren't interested unless they can see those clear returns but in a scalable company the founders need to be dispensable right for a company that, to scale that it really needs be to be correct yes yeah. um Yes. In a lifestyle business, um, if you get your money in and out quickly enough, you kind of don't worry too much about the health and welfare of the founders. Um, so it's okay if the founders must be present in order for the company to succeed. But in a scalable corporation, you're quite right. By its definition, you must have redundancy built in. I would counsel folks building lifestyle companies as well to build in those redundancies uh, within your team and to plan for your own succession as well. We would call that legacy planning. Indeed, and a good idea, but it's a different kind of dynamic from how right. founders have to give away their Legos every uh, three months as they build the company, as they scale it up um, into mm -hmm. a, a truly scalable company where the individual founder becomes less important. So, so scalable, by the way, scalable corporation really means that the cost per acquisition of your consumer or your user um, is going to reduce over time with the number of people that you're serving, right? So as the company produces more product or service, the cost of delivery is less. That includes the cost of acquisition of the consumer, maintenance of them, and so on, uh, managing churn rates, etc., as well as the cost of delivering that product. Okay. So that's, that's a little bit different, and, and we should make that clarification. One is about structure and how we're building the company. The other has to do with finances and how investors get their money in and out. So let's focus on the finances. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. So investors take a look at, um, say, the scalable corporations, and they're hoping for the unicorn. They're happy enough if they get a 10 or 15x exit. But the complaint I hear from the investors is that they are not getting that money back, right? They can say, for example, um, that they made a good investment. It's been about a decade or, you know, nine, 10 years running up. And um, the company is doing fine, and it pays its bills, and it's chunking along. But there's no exit in sight. And the question is begged, where the hell is my money? How do I get it back out? 
So let's take a look at different ways people can get their money out. And if you are going to build a lifestyle company and have no intention to sell or go public, then think of ways that you can pay your investors back. It does not mean that you can't raise money. Until now, it's kind of meant that, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at better ways. Here we go. One of them would be rev share. Determine how long it is before you are going to make, say, I don't know, a million dollars in revenue, half a million dollars in revenue even, depending on what it is you're about to raise. Right? Once you reach that mark per annum, you begin to pay either dividends or you begin to pay back the original loan with an agreed upon flat rate of interest. And that would be, say, 2x if you can pay them back in a couple of years. I wouldn't mind if I put my money down. I give you a hundred bucks and you're going to give me 200 bucks back next year. I like it. I'll give you a hundred thousand. If you give me 200,000 back next year, I just have to have a very reasonable expectation that you actually will pay back that 200,000 next year. So you'll have to prove in some way or present, um, you know, compelling reasons why you will be able to pay it back. Say three X in three years or four X in four years, or come up with your own timetable. Maybe 2x in three years is still plenty. Right? Think about that. It's suitable for companies that will generate revenue in a reasonably short period of time. And that would be that three, four, or five years. The second one, you can pay back the same idea even if you couch it as rev share for things where you need very short-term loans. There's a company we're working with right now that is uh, raising only fifty dollars or $100,000. They need it only through about April. They have about six deals in the hopper, and they know that if one of them closes, they can well pay it back, but they need to kind of get over that hump till they make it through. All right? They don't want to raise a fortune. It's a very small amount. Why would you mess around with a cap table? So in that case, again, small sums, short term, that's when you, you would use it. Another one would be to simply provide investment in general. Um, so we're taking it out of our debt pockets as opposed to our uh, equity pockets, right? There's a very high risk asset class, and that's early stage equity investment. And because of that, we expect extremely high returns, 10, 100 unicorns, those kinds of things. That's what we want back. But... If we take it out of a debt pocket, for example, a REIT, a real estate investment trust, you take, I don't know, a 10 to 100 loans, stick them in a bulk, and you say, all right, invest in this, and we will start paying you some interest. And the interest runs anywhere from about 8 to maybe 10 12%. I've heard some as much as 19 The risk increases with the promised return. So in the real estate investment trust, you get paid as soon as the money's deployed, it starts running around. We have two such companies just in the Seattle area alone, let alone around the country, where they could do that. They could bulk up loans, mortgages, all kinds of other things. These companies are disrupting things like the mortgage industry, uh, disrupting some lending industry pieces and so on. But even if they're not moving to that unicorn space, they can fund the cost of the lending portion of their company with things like these real estate investment trust type instruments. So again, you go out to people who want to fund that sort of thing and off you go. That's a, a kind of a better way for the consumer, um, for, excuse me, for the company and also a better way for the investor. So we've looked at several ways now that you can fund your company with investors without the intention to sell. Rev share, 
funding loans and things like that that your company may be making, or very short-term loans that are simply a debt instrument. Looking at debt, equity, and combinations therein, we should get these lifestyle companies funded and the money of the investors back out more quickly and efficiently. And with that, we need to take another break for our advertisers, and then we'll be right back with more on this fascinating topic of how to attract investment for a so-called lifestyle company that you do not intend to sell. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Jillian and I have been talking today about uh, the difference between uh, unicorns, scalable companies, and lifestyle companies, and more specifically, looking at new ways that funders... uh, Founders can draw investment from funders for their lifestyle companies, which, golly, we really do need a new name for that, don't we, Jillian? Because it's for companies they do not intend to do IPO or have it, sell it to somebody else, but intend to run the company themselves, which is why I guess we call it a lifestyle company. So Perhaps you should call it privately held companies. That well, would be more appropriately because a privately held company gives the connotation that it might be quite large. And many of them are. Um, yes. So your points are well made and you talked about several ways in the last uh, segment to fund, uh, to attract such investments, such as RevShare or uh, REIT-style uh, funding groups. So what kind of takeaways do you want to leave our uh, listeners with on this? Because this is new stuff, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to follow it up with another show on funding mid-sized companies as well, which fit into this category nicely. But what would you Absolutely. like to leave our, reader, our, our listeners with now? Well, I, I'm going to just tick off a few more ways to fund these um, 
kind of privately held corporations. First of all, you can pre-sell product. I've seen people, for example, with great ideas and service packages or even hard product packages, uh, especially in the hard product, they have trouble in funding the first manufacturer. And I say, well, you really are set for things like Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Um, hard product, people uh, have tangible um, things to look at, if you will, and they have something to look forward to. I, for example, brought, uh, bought a Propella bike. It's an electric bike. I bought it back in, I don't remember, March, April, something like that. And eight, nine months later, they were ready to deliver. So that's fairly short for such a complex item. This was kind of a level two. Their first one took, I think, almost two years to deliver. But people were quite willing to prepay. Again, knowing the high risk value, they had quite a nice discount on it, less of a discount on the second iteration. Um, but it made it worthwhile for both consumer and company. The next way to do that would be a standard debt instrument. We touched on that before the break. And... Um, that would just be taking a loan, reasonable amount of interest, short-term payback, as long as the investor, the private investor, and you as a private company feel like you have a deal, you can go do it. It's what a bank would do, but the banks aren't willing, so private investors are a better way to go. And then the last piece I would talk about are things like... Um, literally growing it from your own revenues. Often when a company has a product or even a piece of software that it will develop, uh, we did that at Moz, for example. Uh, we were developing tools to go deploy in a SaaS uh, process. We used services to pay for a lot of that stuff. It's a time-honored tradition. Sell what you can today in order to pay for the development of what is costly but cannot be sold until tomorrow. So think about what you can and sell today, that would be my hottest tip to everybody with a privately held corporation. Sit down today and ask yourself and anyone else you can trust within the business, those whose uh, wisdom you uh, respect, and say, what could I sell today? And then you carve out approximately 20 to 30% of your time to sell what you can today in order to make sure that tomorrow happens according to your dreams. And that is an awesome tip for us to close this segment of uh, CEO Coach on. Uh, we'll be back next week with another another episode, uh, most likely talking and continuing this discussion. So that's it for this week at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at webmasterradio.fm for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm slash shows slash CEO dash coach and also at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on facebook.com slash CEO coach podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we will know you were there and do tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. 
any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 